You're listening to the Guitar Heroes Podcast. Well, hello. It's episode number 18. We're getting closer to, to uh, episode number 20. Phil's on his, um, his port. I can't even see that on the screen. What is that? Taylor's port? I can hear it. It sounds great, though, doesn't it? It does. I said before we came on air, we do look like some sort of dodgy midnight pirate radio station here, don't we? If We need to take a picture <laughs> or a screenshot of this and put it online. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not actually Taylor's, it's Fletcher's. Oh, Fletcher's. You're a traitor. So you guess, traitor. guess which one I went to? Aldi. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who, who, said mo- who said port has to cost more than milk, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's quite. It's a really nice one, is this one actually? Yeah, it's a fine ruby port from from Aldi. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like much in Aldi really, but I do I do like the dishwasher tablets yeah. and I like the Fletcher's port. Nice. So, uh, episode seventeen is, is that what I said or eighteen? Eighteen. I was just getting 18? ready to talk about my gin. Is that not what we're here for? Because I'm drinking Aldi's Finton gin as well. So I just want another plug for Aldi. There, it's fantastic. Do it. Go for it. Gin. We should. We should. We should create a jingle for the uh, for the plugs. Pink <laughs> gin. Pink gin, Lee. Oh dear. Do you know that that's a summer drink? That's not a winter drink. Well, I'd usually drink pink gin in summer. Like I said last time, the the warm weather is is almost here. The sun's out, at least in Weymouth. So. It it's is, time yeah. for gin and Mexican beers and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we are looking more and more like a, a midnight pirate radio station, particularly as our lockdown hair gets out of control. Don't know about you guys, but you mean as in yeah, I washed <laughs> I washed my I washed mine today and the bloody bird's nest fell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I'm wearing a hat. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've uh, yeah I've taken the clippers to my own hair, so. Uh, yeah, I so I used uh, I've got big headphones, these big cans kind is that, of. Uh, is that why you framed your webcam so that it's just conveniently That's chopped just the top of your head? <laughs> <laughs> All we can see is cr- it looks like what knows there. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> got well, a massive windshield in front of it. All we can see is a nose and a pair of glasses. That's <laughs> Go, oh, Chris. Duck down for us. Let us see your, your handiwork. Go on. Oh God, that's oh. hysterical. Go back up again. Back up. So the trick is to get a look like this. You need a bowl. <laughs> you try um, one of the try a colander instead, and you, and then like we could pull your hair through and shave them bits off. Oh, that's a good idea. At least you can get accurate measurements that way. But um. Well, yeah. So today's episode, moving on from previous episodes, we've had some really good responses. Actually, um, I've had some more messages saying, uh, just from people saying they're really enjoying the episodes. Um, so that's a good sign; it's going well. And um, in the previous episodes, we have been talking about relic guitars, uh, vintage guitars. Uh, so moving on from that, I thought we could kind of just branch into pre-owned versus new, and kind of just our our preferences on that. And I know, uh, um cautious of time and everything so i've tried to keep it into three categories um uh, one being budget uh the second being what the guitar is for uh and the third one is my favorite is just character and story and stories so okay uh, it, it's, it's it's quite a vast subject uh pre versus new um, mm. um well lee, lee would be good at this one lee will just go Pre-owned is cheaper. Get that. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> well, you have a point, though. That is actually one of the major points here is uh, because, obviously, the most expensive way to purchase a guitar is generally brand new. But 
on the flip side of that, you do get, um, you can get really good deals through music shops nowadays. Um, you can make purchases through, um, uh, like loans, uh, what are they, the finance, finance deals? Yeah, yeah. Finance deals. Um, and generally the guitars, like obviously they're brand new. There's no wear and tear if that's the sort of look that you that you want to go for. And obviously you get the warranties as well with new guitars. But but when you go new, you do get, uh, I, I would say um, in the past you would get a lot of bang for buck, but the, the second-hand market is definitely creeping up nowadays. Um, uh, and, and often as well, you can pick up guitars that will retain um, or increase in value. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, um, second-hand market is definitely going up in price. And I was just going to talk about some of the guitars I've got, and maybe we can just reference some stories or you know some of your favorite guitars, whether they were purchased brand new or or yeah. pre-owned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've, so I've had I've had best of both worlds. So yeah, I can, yeah. I tell uh, you, what, I can none give of you my guitar monologue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none, none of my guitars, um, except for the one I'm holding, is uh, I, I've always bought pre-owned. Um, mm. And actually, some of the uh, pre-owned guitars I have actually bought from music shops. Um, like uh, my PRS was from Absolute Music. You sold that to me, Lee, uh, and that was and in I mint. That was actually in mint condition, but it was you know a lot cheaper than you know the you know the RRP price on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think. So uh, Chris, you see, you you that's the only new guitar you've ever bought. What? Why is that? Is that a financial thing, or is it just a? Well, it was a, the right guitar on the day when you found it, or, or what? Uh, is a, is a bit of everything, but um, as I mentioned, like the second-hand market is creeping up, and obviously for this show, I needed a Les Paul. Um, the only Les Paul I've ever had is, uh, which actually belonged to my dad. That was a, an '82 model. Um, but uh, this is, yeah, my first Les Paul, and I was looking second-hand. I wanted to get like a, like a '50s-esque kind of uh, model, you know, with the aesthetics and everything. Mm. Uh, and it had to be either black or gold. That was my thing. I didn't. I didn't want to burst because my my uh, my strat and my my telly have got like a sunburst on them. So I wanted something a little different. Um, and the market, man. I, d yeah. Most most of them were fetching around. Well, people are asking for around eighteen hundred second hand for the one. You know, for one in good condition with a good case and everything like that. Uh, and this this fifties gold top I got here is a two thousand and nineteen model. Um, I bought this from Peach Guitars. Uh, and that was two grand, a pound under two grand, nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Uh, and I just thought, well, an extra two hundred quid, I get it brand new. I get to this guitar gets to, you know, I can be there at the start of this journey. Any knocks or dents or anything I'm making, it will be mine, and and I get a warranty with it and everything. So, you know, uh, the Gibson market. The I don't know about you guys, but they, I think they seem to really hold their value. You know, um, Gibson do for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know how much because I know you got rid of yours recently, Phil. You traded that for another one, but if you were to sell yours uh, second hand, you probably would have still got quite a lot of money for that. Would have thought. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have got. I'd have got a lot more than what I paid for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, it was a it was a traditional uh, traditional Les Paul traditional uh, two thousand twelve model, and I probably the guy that that I got this this new Les Paul from. Well, you oh, it's actually older. It's a two thousand eight. Is this one? But um, he had it up at 1600 and I would probably say that the traditional was probably go for about 14 because it was, it was a good yeah. one. Um, you know, it hadn't been beat up or anything like that, so it was a good one. So um, I guess I did a little bit better out of the deal. But then again, it's personal, isn't it? it, it you know, it he, is. he feels he's got a much better guitar 
because the one that I've got didn't suit him, but he, this one that he adds really suits me. Uh, yeah, and that's that's one of my points as well. Is um, you know, going pre-owned or new is um, you have to ask yourself what the guitar is for, you know. And if yeah. you're using it on long tours and stuff, you know, the weight again, I I need to get used to this guitar. It's probably going to be a, a bit of a shock for me, but um, it will when you it... play mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can believe it. I, I still can't believe this Les Paul's lighter than a Strat. And I know a lot of people go, oh, it's not traditional. If you know, if it's got a way, it's got a heavy, you know, and all this time. I think that's nonsense. This is a great, great sounding Les Paul. It's really, in fact, I have to say, is probably one of my favourite guitars that I own now. And it normally takes a fair wow. few months for that to happen. But yeah. I've just bonded with this in a week. I've bonded with it, and I can't put it down. I feel really you know, left out here. You two sat with your Les Pauls, and well, me, you with, me, me with my <laughs> notebook. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> and a glass of gin. <laughs> I want one. I want one. I want to be in the club. I, I've said to you guys this week, I... It's quite I an exclusive club, Lee. I, 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 get a I good want one. the black one. You've got the gold, Chris. Phil, you've got the burst. I think I just want the black. Um, the, the, the black would be lovely. And, uh, you know, yeah, this this yeah. uh, um, applies to you, Lee, as well, because obviously you're going to be in the market for a Les Paul, you know, mm. uh, any time from now. Um so, you know, do you go pre-owned or do you go new? Because looking at the pre-owned prices of them, they're so expensive. And mm. would you prefer to get one that's, you know, in mint condition or or, or don't you mind? Because the thing well, is, they, they, are, they are all a bit hit and miss. Unlike PRS, Gibson are a little less inconsistent uh, with their productions. and A little less yeah, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, know, I, mean, I, think, I, think, uh, I think there's a few reasons why you would go one way or the other. And I think it normally comes down to, firstly, when <coughs> looking at the current new output, is that a guitar that you would wish to buy? Because obviously Gibson, for instance, they change their models pretty much year to year. Um, and there's going to be certain years that you're just going to look at what they offer and go, nah, not for me. So for you, Chris, you might have been in the market for a Les Paul for a few years, but you waited until the time was right. You took a look at that 2019 spec and you were like, yeah, I like that. But who's to say that next year's standard you might not be a fan of. So you almost might have your hand forced and you have to turn to the no. second-hand market. No. Or there might be that, you know, we remember like Phil's, for instance. Phil, yours as a 2008, it's got quite an interesting spec, uh, particularly the mm. the chambering on the body. So that was a reason yep. that you had to look for a 2008. So you're, yeah. again, your hand was forced. You couldn't walk out and buy a brand new one because they weren't offering that sure. spec, asymmetrical Definitely. neck. So... I think that that's kind of like a big, other than just the price saving, and we all know that you're going to get a second-hand guitar for a bit less than, well, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. Oh, you see, that depends because um, obviously not everybody's VAT registered. Um, I am. Mm. So when I look at a price, I, I, I look at it less VAT. So to like yeah. to, to normal people that walk into a shop, it's two grand. It's not two grand to me. So suppose, yep. buying so, new yeah. is, is good f for that reason from my perspective. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, it's the same with fuel prices, isn't it? I get the VAT back. Everyone else plays full fuel. That's just so what you're saying the is the system is, isn't it? <laughs> if there's any listeners out there that are looking to buy a new guitar, just drop Phil Walker an email <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he'll charge a small commission, but he will make you a saving. <laughs> and I'll also go to prison for money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs is a small donation to Phil Walker at PayPal.com. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Or just some it. Aldi yeah. port, and he'll do it for you. 
That's fine. I'm glad you said <laughs> port. I thought you were going to say something else then. I was going, where's oh, he going right. with this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, normally you could pick up like previous models, like early Gibson models that like you would think would be a little bit cheaper. But obviously this guy had his Les Paul up for 1600 And, you know, I was as I was thinking about this, um, the theme for this podcast, I was thinking about my Highway, highway 1 strap, which I bought off Toby. I think it might have been like 350 I paid for it, mm. which is like dirt cheap. But now, like, you can... You can't even pick them up for under a grand now. These Highway One models, the early ones. No, no. Uh, and just the, some some particular models of certain brands are, are really flying through the roof right now. And it's, but I suppose if you're in the pre-owned market, I suppose there is an, an element that you're um you know what you're looking for. I suppose you're re- relatively educated on the guitars you're looking at. Each one of me. Go t- uh, anyone, I suppose. Oh, and right. and and if you go into a music shop, you're going you you know um. You're gonna have advice from the salespersons at the Lee. shop. Yeah, yeah. Some people like Lee. You know, you're gonna educate people on. You know, like they're gonna tell you what they're looking for, and you're probably gonna be able to get really close to what they what they want, um, rather than have them having to or do they might the try and sell you something that you don't want. <laughs> like a PRS with a broken headstock, <laughs> or a, or a two rock amp. But no, there's this. There's this. Whole <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get more um, knobs. It's better. <laughs> There's this whole thing as well that obviously, uh, you know, for instance, if you look at the current model and you don't like it, you might think you might have a year that you really like. And then it comes back to this idea that sometimes like the older stuff is better. And I know last week we looked at, uh, we you know, we talked a bit about vintage guitars and when we were doing the whole relic thing. Um, it doesn't even need to be vintage to sometimes have that kind of kudos, like particularly amongst no. Gibsons. You're probably, I'm sure we're all aware of, of this kind of thing that, oh, you know, the uh, the early 90s, they were great. Or the, or the, the early 2000s, they were great. All these different periods for some reason and with certain groups of people seem to have uh, a kind of a, a mystique about them and a reason. I would hear it every day in the shop. Ah, I'd never buy one of those new ones because I'm, I'm really holding out for a 2011. That was a great year. And I don't know whether it was more myth and just kind of like internet legends than it actually was fact, because that 2019 that you've got there, Chris, is proof that modern guitars can be can be great. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that plays into it as well. Um, I think people like I think people like to buy into that, whether it's true or not. People like to just feel like, you know, oh, yeah, I managed to bag a, a 2007 they're the best rosewood ones that year, you know, and then they kind of walk I think, away with that. Feeling. I think people yeah. convince themselves that certain models are better because obviously they hear about it in a magazine yeah. or so, or they hear or they see their like you say they see their favorite guitar player playing one on YouTube or something, and they're like, yeah, that's the model I want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember yeah, um, I was 11 years old, and when I found um, my white strap, it was in a music shop in uh, Bingley in West Yorkshire called JSG, and. Uh, I think they were closing down, so they were selling everything off really cheap. And there was my white my white strap there, and it was it was one of the first um, sort of reissue models. They just started doing them, you know, the Japanese ones, and um, they had three on the wall, and something drew me to this one. It just felt better. It, 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 it I don't know. I don't, at eleven years old, did I know enough? I don't know. But there was something about that one that I chose that that was just better than the others that yeah. are there and since i've seen in fact there's one on ebay for sale right now uh, the exact same model um but i saw one a few uh a year ago sorry um and the serial number was 10 away from mine 
<laughs> oh, which wow. I, I was I was so tempted to buy it, and but then I remembered thinking, well, if I bought it, I'd only buy it to put next to it. I probably wouldn't play it. Mm. So what's the point? Yeah, you know, I'll still go to that one because for some reason I don't know the wood was sawn correct. Or the, one. the neck, the the right neck was put with the right body. Or it, yeah. it just mm. you don't know what it is. It just for some reason works. So in like 2015, when Gibson was drunk, when I got my <laughs> um, SG, that, that you know, as a rule, there weren't great guitars. They made they had silly ideas. They had silly brass nuts on there. The stupid robotic tuners and. But I bet there's a few out there that just feel absolutely a million dollars. Mm. You know, even with all that gunk on there, there'll be something about certain guitars that will just feel that way. You know, in in what supposedly is a crap year for a manufacturer. So, so what you're kind of alluding to there is is this idea that on the one hand you've got the spec of the instrument, so what the mm. manufacturer mm. intends it to be, and you can yep. kind of browse that online and go, is that for me? Or is it not? Yep. But then you've got this X factor thing, which we talk. You know, the the magic touch, whatever yeah. you want to call it, the vibe. You've got to the whittle mojo. it down, then, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could you can find a guitar that on paper matches your needs and exactly what you want. Exactly. Uh, but then you play it, and for whatever reason, you just don't you don't gel with it. And and yeah. I would always encourage people to try things that um, were close to what they were after, but maybe not what they had had in mind. Because the amount of times someone would come into the shop and uh, you know, I've oh, come to look at this PRS or this SG or whatever it is, and mm -hmm. cool, but can I just check out a couple of others as well, just for comparison? And and they'd actually, you know, play something that they didn't even know about. They hadn't read the spec, so they were just... Like a flute? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they just, they just played something, and so they weren't bogged down in the specs and the details. Uh, oh, it needs to have a 12-inch radius. It needs to have jumbo frets. They just went, oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I'll play that. And they went, whoa, what is that? That Maybe that is a podcast for another day or certainly a ramp for another day. But getting too bogged down in specs, I would have mm. people mm. talk to me all the time saying, can you help me find a guitar? I need to have a seven and a quarter inch radius. I said, okay, do you? Yeah, 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 I have to because such and such plays those guitars and and that's that's just what i've been told okay cool comes into the shop hand them a guitar with a nine and a half inch radius don't tell them they absolutely love it it's like oh by the way you know that's not a seven and a quarter inch ra what i don't like it now and it's like i think i think sometimes uh, shopping yeah, with your eyes yeah. is you know absolutely if people convince themselves they want something <coughs> they, they really don't and when actually when i bought my telly i, I bought it up a guy in exeter and um the only reason I wanted a Highway 1 telly was just because of um, the nitro finish on it. I really liked it. And it was kind of um, slightly worn in. It was 2002, so it's a fair few years old. It's really worn in. and But there was something about it. I didn't know the spec on it. I didn't know what pickups it had, what the neck radius was or anything. And I was just like, this, this guitar's great. It's the finish I want. That was pretty much the aesthetics I was going for more than anything. Mm. Um, and I got it home and I did some research. And it turned out to be a 12-inch radius on the neck. So I was just like, man, this is so comfortable. And you don't often get tellies with a 12-inch radius, actually. No. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's funny. I just went with it because of the aesthetics. And, yeah, it turns out to be actually one of my favorite my, my favorite guitar at the moment. Mm. I, do, I, don't, I don't bother looking at numbers and things like that. I, no. I, I couldn't, couldn't care less. And I couldn't tell you what the 12, 7, 6, or 7, 8s is. Uh, honestly, I, if, you, if you say, oh, what radius is your strat or this or that, I'm a clue. I have no idea. I purely go with what 
what sits in my hands. Um, I'm yeah. not interested in numbers. No, and, and you're a you're a good example of um, I think maybe you know the, a, a good way to shop. Just just play the guitar. Well, you sold me enough for absolutely <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you're on our golden list. Well, but actually, I should correct my example that I gave because more more usually, more typically, it was someone saying on the radius thing that they wouldn't want a seven and a quarter because they've heard mm. that they're unplayable, and it and it was actually very often. Um, no disrespect to anyone, but it was actually very often guitar players that were maybe only six months or a year into their playing. And I was thinking, it's not the radius that's holding you back. Like, <laughs> you've mm. just started playing guitar. You're not going to be Steve Vai at the moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, but I've I've read online that uh, a seven and a quarter inch radius, it chokes out. You can't bend on it and all this sort of stuff. And I think it's uh, it, it's arisen out of the culture of online information and the fact that now... Everybody who's going to buy a guitar, whether it be pre-owned or new, we are all totally juiced up on fact, fiction, online information that we've read, opinions, and we feel like we know every single thing about that guitar before we ever get it in our hands. Whereas I think back in the day, you know, pre-internet and, and, and beyond, it would have been a case of, I need to buy a guitar. Here's a nice guitar. Yeah. I'm going to play it. It feels great. It mm. sounds good. Mm. I shall buy it, uh, you know? Yeah, I think sometimes the uh, our own opinions and our own judgments actually uh, actually maybe get in the way of us finding the right instrument. Sometimes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I wasn't looking at numbers when I bought this this Les Paul. I, I I can't even tell you what pickups it has to be honest. I know it's made off based off a fifties model, but I don't even know what the neck spec is on this or anything. I just I know it's a twelve inch radius because most Les Pauls are, but. Uh, but other than that, I don't even know what the neck profile is on this or anything. I just I just played it in the shop, and I've tried so many Les Pauls. I've been, been on the hunt for years for one. I just never really found one I liked. And within five minutes of playing this, I was like, it smells awesome. Mm. <laughs> I, coming I back to it, last ah, week. Yeah, I've lost that with this one. My my traditional smell really awesome. But this one, yeah. because it's um, been sat in somebody's smoky flat for since 2008, doesn't quite have the same nitro no. smell that yours does. No, but I think meet, you often get, like like with your Strat, even at 11, Phil, like you just often, you just get a, an immediate connection, don't you? And You, you don't know like, what it is, but yeah, no, you're right, you do. You just I do. don't even know what it is with this. I, I just love it. Like, the, I know... Mm. There's the thing about the nuts not being made very well on this, but I have no issues with it. But I'm, I'm telling myself, oh, I need to replace the nut because Gibson's nuts are terrible. I I can see it's a little sharp around the edges. I mean, it's not, the attention to detail isn't that great compared to say like a PRS or even the nut on my strap. Mm. But, mm. um, but like I've convinced myself that I need to change this maybe for a bone nut or something. And but maybe it yeah, just but do you need to dress in a little bit? I don't. I don't Joe need to. It, it plays absolutely fine. There is no choking. It's, it's set up great. It, mm. You know, Peach Guitars did a setup on it for me. Um, it's yeah, it plays absolutely great. But you know, it's one of those things. You don't fix it. No, exactly. You go online and you read things like, "Oh, their nuts are terrible and stuff." But there isn't one thing bad about this guitar. <laughs> when I look at it, I'm just. It's awesome. I Even think what like you need to do, Chris, is, is just, you know, just play the guitar. It's brand new and stop worrying about your nuts, honestly. I need to. It, it, all yeah. Gibson's the, the nuts for that. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, old, the, old, the older, the, old, the, the more the guitar plays, the more it's going to play in. Um, I think that made sense. But the more you play it, it's going to oh play yeah. in and it's, it's, it'll get there. I mean, the, I mean the, the nut on this, I'm a traditional, to be honest, and that was bought brand new. The nut on this is perfect. A lot of people go, oh, Les Pauls don't stay in tune. Mine does. 
Exactly. I haven't had any tuning issues with this thing. It's great. No, me neither. Me neither. It's usually that. So G- leave your nuts alone, Chris. <laughs> the G-string, yeah. G-strings are nuts. They're a nightmare, aren't they? <laughs> I, I was going to say, coming back to last week, and we were discussing uh, my bass, my recent purchase, that's a that's a good example that kind of highlights this this trap that I think guitar players fall into. So when I bought that bass, it's, a, it's not a cheap <laughs> instrument, but I felt very um, kind of just relaxed and... Uh, it was it was you were asking me chris like what did you what did you check out in the store what did you play what were you looking for and to be honest there wasn't there wasn't too much thought or there certainly wasn't too much like overthinking and i think that's because i i i i've obviously played guitar a lot longer than i've played bass so uh, and some of the opinions and some of those pitfalls that i might fall into as a guitar player i'm kind of free from in the bass world and there's something quite nice about that so I, I I knew I just wanted a Fender jazz bass. I knew I wanted a five yep. string, and really beyond that, it was quite a quite an easy like pick it up. <coughs> Feels great, yeah. sounds great, job done. You know. Whereas had that been a guitar of that price, I probably would have been a bit more. Ooh, you know, has it got this? Has it got that? I need to go away. You know, and I probably would yeah. have deliberated a lot more over it because there's just so many more opinions. Be honest, you've been around. deliberating for the last two three years over a bass. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> but but nowadays there's so much choice pr- there's the choice paralysis you know uh, it's it's such a big thing there's there's so much uh s- such a huge array of models nowadays like if you're after a strat you know there is so many people making strat style guitars t style guitars tele style guitars and even less pool style guitars and it's like where do you where do you start if you're uneducated you know i think obviously that's where going brand new is is probably the best option because shops can help you with that can't they and mm. this is i suppose where your budget comes into play what you want to use the guitar for if it's just for a bedroom use obviously you don't want to go for anything too expensive i suppose but then again if you're out on long tours and you're leaving you know equipment in a vehicle or something overnight you know you're probably not going to want to have anything too expensive in that case either mm. i don't know actually because from a different point of view of you're probably thinking of stolen or anything like that but i would say yeah if you're going out on a tour, it's a bit of consumer advice for everybody. If you're if you're going out on tour, get the best that you can possibly afford because it will last longer. It's all right, yeah. you know, saying, "Oh no, I'm only going to take a 200, 300 pound guitar out on tour." Well, if you if you gig it like what we do, it'll probably last you about three weeks and fall apart. You know, so you yeah, but it was actually don't have to adapt yeah. well to temperature. I don't beg to guitars. differ, Philip Walker. <laughs> Go, go on, go on. No, I was just gonna. Say. Uh, are we? Are we? Are we talking about a, a certain blue item that you've got? <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yes, let's <laughs> let's. <laughs> You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Uh well, look, I'm desperate to play my new jingle again for everybody, and I know you guys are desperate to get a little bit of education. Seeing as we're talking Always. about. We've we've basically drifted into talking about Les Pauls. I felt I felt it it seemed fitting to maybe give a little lesson on the the good old Lester Paulus. Okay. So well, I uh, tell you what, I'm, I I'm can't cue my own music. I'm not going to do it as well as you, Lee. But um, I'm going to go cue the music. What will we learn today in lessons with Lee? Right, Chris, give me some Les Paul to start this lesson. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, my little switch is oh, it's broken. Round. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, it's under guarantee. 
Another good reason to buy a guitar new because it comes with a warranty, so you can take it back and get it fixed <laughs> when it doesn't work. So I'm going to try and make this lesson a little bit interactive. I'm going to ask you guys some questions instead of just waffling at you. Um, I'll Ooh. start with the first. first this is like an exam or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's it's okay. a, it's a lesson, but in a in a more conversational format. Um, okay. Most iconic guitar of all time, would you say? Is it is that the silhouette of of the Les Paul? Is that the most iconic, or would you say Strat? Oh, um, I'm going to say Les Paul. I I think I don't know. It's something about it. I'm going to sit completely on the fence. Don't know. Um, uh, some people say Strat, some Les Paul. Uh, mm. All right. Well, we'll, say we'll, give a, we'll, give a, we'll give a B plus or an A minus to Chris Taylor for that first question. And Walker, you get a B minus for that one. Why do I get a B minus? I, Must I, try harder. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see the headmistress and tell her on you. Okay. So is it, is it the Les Esquire? The what? No. <laughs> I'm making a model up. Not talking class. <laughs> right, calm down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to sit in the corner. Trying to give a lesson here. Did Chris, you put hear? your pants back on. <laughs> it's all gone to pot. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, both Sorry, of you. sorry, see sorry me sir. After. Carry on, sir. See me after. So, Ooh, yes, please. The Les. I, do you, I find it weird saying Les Paul. I, I've, I've, I've had a few Americans comment on videos and stuff um, because they say Les, Les Paul, Les Paul. So when we say Les. And I, I have to admit, I have to give it to the Americans. I think their way kind of makes sense because it's short for Lester. So it should be less, like less, you know, like less is more. Man, English language is but we so say Les, up, though, isn't it? Les, Les Poo, Les Poo. Anyway, right, introduced in 1952 as the gold top. But that is not where its history starts. Who can tell me where it began? Where did the story of the Les Paul start? Who are we talking about Les Paul's log? Well, right, Walker, you've redeemed yourself. We are talking about Les Paul and his log. So in... Oh, that's disgusting. Have you seen it? Have you seen the picture of the log, Chris? I have, yes. So in the 1940s, Les Paul, who was an innovative jazz guitar player, famous for not only his musical career, but also for things like uh, multi-track recording and um, helping inventing pickups and all this sort of stuff. He came to Gibson with the idea for a solid body guitar. It is literally like a railway sleeper with a pickup mounted in it. And then he'd put hollow wings on it because we were used to playing acoustic guitars and we needed something to rest against. But Gibson said, Les, we don't want that. They shot him down. They turned him away. And it wasn't until Mr. Leo Fender launched with his broadcaster, no caster, telecaster, that Gibson suddenly went, oh, hang on, we've missed a trick here. We need to get involved with this. This is going to take off. So they got back in touch with old Les and they got him on board. They said, let's work together. This will work well because not only are you an innovative kind of engineer type player, but you're also a name. So interestingly, the Les Paul is kind of the first signature guitar. We don't often think of it like that, but it, it is the original um concept of having an artist associated mm. with a guitar to help shift more units um do you know why it was gold 1952 i do but i've forgotten i'll tell you why i know that because i've actually got the dvd the uh, it's called the chasing sound and it's a documentary on les paul it's about three hours long i'll lend you it it's brilliant but i've forgotten it's really simple it's a really simple answer it almost sounds like a trick question uh it's simply because they wanted it to look expensive so Fender were going down the whole futuristic spaceship car 
you know, chrome colors, all this sort of stuff. Mm. Route. Uh, Gibson said, "Now we're going to go down the classy, expensive furniture." type route they, they said it's just got to look expensive because we need to compete here so les said well let's make it gold nothing's more expensive than gold let's do that uh in 1954 so two years later they introduced the custom model as a as an upcharge so this was all black with gold hardware but we're still using the single coil p90 pickups at this point do you know what the main construction difference in a les paul custom is um they um they've double bound it's double binding rather than single binding yep um it's um it's got binding on the headstock and it's got something the something bigger something is bigger it than that. It's something is bigger the, is, is it the, is yeah. the neck joint different no there's a reason I'll, I'll give you a clue there's a reason it's painted gloss black all over the go on all mahogany no maple cap so a Les Paul cut. So the typical construction was they used mahogany for the solid back of the guitar, and then the thin maple cap, which gives it the carve, was applied on top. Explains the weight. Yeah, uh, a Les Paul custom was all mahogany, no maple, so it has a slightly different sound and an ebony board, and it was it was introduced as a more expensive kind of premium option. But now this is this is where the story falls off the tracks a bit, and I don't think a lot enough people realise this. The guitar was not a hit. It was not successful. It was deemed heavy, old-fashioned, and it just it's they struggled with it compared to Fender, who were taken off like nobody's business. You had Buddy Holly and all these people. Um, the Les Paul didn't catch on. Um, so, 1957, end of 1957. They said we need to we need to have one last crack at making this work, and that is when they introduced the sunburst. They said we've had popularity uh, with sunburst finishes on our acoustic guitars. Let's just give it one last crack and let's see what we can do. And in um, 1958, they introduced the burst, and it was only around for three years: 1958, 1959, and 1960. They're the three classic years that we're we refer to as the bursts, the golden era of the Les Paul. Do you know how many bursts, how many original uh, Les Paul sunburst guitars were made? Um, all in all, is it something like 1600 or something? Very, very close. Yes. So this was the this was also the first time we saw the word standard used because they had the gold top, uh, they had the custom, and they slot the sunburst standard right in the middle of it. And in those three years, they only made seventeen hundred and twelve. The exact number is seventeen hundred and twelve, and that was it. Bill, you're doing great in today's lesson. Oh well, teacher's pet. Be careful, man. You might get bullied after school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it on, big boy. <laughs> so so also another interesting thing to note was in 1957 Sir. that was the first time that we saw the PAF humbucker introduced that was another thing that they thought might bring them some success Seth Lover introduced the the humbucking pickup and it took them away from the P90 single coils and they thought we're onto a winner here sunburst finish show a bit of this lovely wood humbucking pickups that's future you know the kids are going to love it uh but unfortunately wasn't to be didn't see Three it again until six. When was it? Sixty nine or something. You are you. You have well and truly redeemed yourself. You can go home on time tonight, Phil. <laughs> Chris, you've got to stay behind <laughs> and take your trousers down. <laughs>
<laughs> so, oh no, no, put them on. Sorry, put them on. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're right. In nineteen, uh, late 1960, it was discontinued, and uh, Les's name was moved over to what eventually we now know as the SG. But between 1960 and 1968, that became the Les Paul signature model guitar. And the Les Paul, as we know it, was discontinued. It was gone, completely gone. Something that was around for just a few years and uh, very well may never have been seen again. In fact, the SG, some of the SGs that said um, they said Les Paul on there, they're really quite rare now. And he, he actually didn't want that. He said, no, he said, I don't want my name associated with that. True. That That's part of the reason why eventually it came back. He went back, I think, pretty quickly. He went back to playing his old 50s guitars. Uh, and Gibson tried to, to move the, the Les Paul model, and it just didn't work. So they took his name off and just called it SG, which just stood for solid guitar. I think they were just so desperately trying to say, look, we've made a solid guitar that's slimmer, lighter, looks a little bit more modern, and, and just desperately trying to compete with Fender. But yeah, it wasn't until 1968 when the, the Les Paul, as we know it, came back. Well, arguably because of us. I've said this before and I've got in trouble for it, but I'll say it again. Arguably. The Brits. The Brits. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so that was, that was a great lesson there, Lee. I tell you what, that have we all great. learned something? I, I mean, I, I knew a lot of that anyway. Chris, how do you feel? I've learned those today, sir. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not right. taking a piss. No, honestly, that was, uh, yeah, a lot of that I didn't even know. So, um, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And okay, well, um, a bonus question then, because go on Walker, Walker said he knew most of that anyway. So, 58, 59, and 60, these yeah. are like, that's the three years of the Sunburst Les Paul, the guitars the grails, these days. Apparently. Yeah, they fetch ridiculous amounts of money. Can you tell me the main differences, maybe just one difference between each of those guitars that divides them? And why people might prefer one year or another? Oh yes, I can, but I can't remember. Um, 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 was it? Oh, I think I'm. Just Obviously, you've already it. mentioned it. They obviously pickups are different between them. Nope, not fifty-eight. Nope. Not the standard. Once it once it oh, became the summer it was the standard. Neck. Yes, it was the neck. Yes, yeah. and neck profile. What would you experience between roughly? The 60s is a slimmer neck. Correct. Um, the 59 was a chunky monkey. And the 58, um, oh, I'll leave refer to your notes. <laughs> it actually starts the thickest and gets slimmer. So the 58 right. is the baseball bat. The 59 mm -hmm. was, the, was just a little bit off that. And then the 60 was really quite slim, which I think is probably... It's a bit of an unknown quantity, really, as to why the fifty nine was is is the most expensive. But I think it is. It's generally thought that that was the year that the spec came together. Uh, you had the combination of a fairly large neck with large frets, because in fifty eight they had a really big neck but tiny frets. Um, fifty nine made the neck slightly smaller, big frets. Also, the other big thing in fifty eight they didn't use flamed maple; they used plain maple. If you look at a 58, it's it's a sunburst finish, but it's just got a plain grain to it. 59 was when they introduced that lovely flaming that you see. So I think that's why the 59 is kind of 
slap bang in the middle, and they just about got that spec sheet bang on. It's funny, isn't it? Because yeah. um, Mark Knopfler, who money's um, not really an object when it comes to buying guitars, he's he's well known, and he's had a lot of um, he's had a reproduction made of his '58. He prefers the '58, doesn't he? Well, I've never never played a real one. I've only ever played the reissues, but. If I had the money, I'd probably buy a fifty-eight as well. Mm. I really, yeah. I really like that neck. It is. Big, I do like a big neck, definitely. Yeah. Again, it's yeah. all personal preference, isn't it? I think. I don't even know what this, what year this is based off. Um, I think that's the fifties, and I think that's yeah, just. But that's the thing; it's so so broad, isn't it? They haven't given it a specific year. It isn't like the custom shops where they go, "This is a fifty-eight reissue," like a the, like the R8s and the R9s. Mm. Uh, whereas this is just 50s. So I guess are they taking the best bits of those three y- years, do you think? I think so. I think it. I think it's probably, if you buy a modern 50s Gibson neck, I think it's probably closest to the 59. I don't think doesn't, it's as big as a 58. Yeah, it it's definitely bigger chunky. than a 60. So I, I reckon it's probably closest to the 59. Yeah. Maybe. But the other thing to remember, just like, just like you know, Fender at the time as well, is they were handmade instruments. So... These are only kind of like rough guidelines, you know. Th- that was that's the beauty of those old guitars; they were hand finished. And if somebody decided to take a little bit of extra wood off the fretboard or off the neck, you were going to get a completely different guitar. So there's always going to be anomalies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, that, w- that was great, Lee. Yeah. Really enjoyed. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Do, do, uh, I've got a rant. Does anybody want to cue my music? Yeah, uh, Chris, you do. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? I'm it's ready. time to cue the music. Phil's rent. Phil's rent. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I thought we were watching okay. Gladiators then. <laughs> you yeah, what three, two, what, one, my go. first whistle. What is it? What, what is it? Yeah. Contender, are you ready? Jockstrap, are you ready? <laughs> or whatever they're called each other. I don't know. Anyway, so so yeah, I'm a I'm I've got a rant. I'm a bit I'm a bit annoyed with myself. Okay, um, okay. I'm annoyed with, with myself a little bit because I've always got this motto of buy cheap, buy twice. All right, mm-hmm. I live and die by that motto. And what have I done this week? I've bought cheap. I've oh. bought cheap, hoping that something would work. And and it, and yes, it does work. But I just I can't get on with it. I've gone and bought a. D tuner for my Les Paul because um, I need to tune really quickly in the show from uh, my low E to a D. And I was going to get the hip shot one, the Grover hip shot. Um, A, they're hard to get hold of at the moment because apparently Brexit stops everything, even stops pot noodles from coming in the country. I don't know. It's bloody rubbish. (laughs) But anyway, um, and the good thing with getting the Grover one is I can take off the Grover... Um, peg head, you know the little the button, yeah. um, and put back on my um, chrome tulip. So mm. you looking at the guitar head on, you won't really notice anything apart from a little arm sticking up at the side of it. Great, but they're like I said, they're about a hundred quid, and and I saw this other thing called the pitch key. Now, this is a device that fits onto the string behind the nut, and it's a tricky little bugger to get on there. But once it's on there, it sort of protrudes by, I'd say, an inch and a half, maybe two inch. Um, and I don't think it's going to go in a case. I mean, this but most of my guitars when we're on the road go in a vault, so it won't really affect that. But um, 
I do like to, if I do the other gigs with other people, I'll just bung them in a case and take it. I don't think it's going to fit in there because it sticks out too much. And it's too much of a pain in the ass to take on and off all the time. Mm. Um, but, it, I mean, it works well. I mean... And then if I just drop it, it goes... So it works really well. I'm just annoyed with myself because it's not really what I wanted. But just let me say, this pitch key, it costs 20 quid. Okay, £19.95. 20 quid. And yeah, 20 quid, how much? And for what it you does... Do, you do yes. realise you have a tune on there, you can just do this. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously never worked in the guitar show, Chris, because when you I won't know, get a chance to do that. I know, <laughs> I know. Wait, wait, I'm going to hold him to that. So you do realise you can do it. And when Chris goes, I haven't got time to do this, I go, oh, Chris, just do it like this. <laughs> 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 but um, so, yeah, it, it's like, it, it's really good for 20 quid. It is, and and anybody that's not too bothered about it sticking out, and and there's a little bit of rattle on the strings as well with it, which, yeah, I don't know if you can just kind of oh, make yeah. out a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, don't know if you'd hear that on stage, to be honest, but I can hear it when I'm playing it unplugged in the house. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little rant. Is like you know, don't buy cheap, buy twice. Just although it is a good, mm. it it is good for twenty quid. It's it's bloody marvellous. It really is. Yeah. But it's not what I wanted, really, and I shouldn't have bought it. And that's just my little rant. I'm a bit annoyed with myself. So, yeah. so you spent you spent 20 quid on an intrinsic piece of equipment that is going to maintain the tuning of your guitar, mm. uh, but you spent 40 quid on a bit of plastic to go on the guitar. No, <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't, because let me tell you what happened about that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows that I'm quite finicky about this. Lee's, Lee, Lee's going to eat his socks in a minute for saying that. Go on, go on. Okay, so I got this Les Paul, um, and for whatever reason, the guy who had it before me decided to change all the plastic on there. I don't know why. Um, but he'd left in the case, the pickup surrounds and the poker chip for the round selector switch, but he'd lost the scratch plate. So it still had a cheap, crappy Chinese scratch plate on there. It looked awful. Mm. Um, couldn't find one for love and money anywhere on eBay, uh, at usual places. And after scouring the internet, I found a music shop had it. Um, it was 24 quid. I thought, I can live with that. That's fine. I can live with that. Um, and then I went to order it and everything, and it said it's coming from Germany. It's going to cost 15 quid. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, you're joking. So I thought, oh, and I, I didn't get it. And then after loads of deliberating, I was like, stuff it. I can't bear to look at this thing any longer. So I just went, stuff it. And I, went, and I ordered it. Supposed to come last week. It never turned up when it was supposed to do by um, a company. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who they are, but the initials are UPS. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it never came and then after I waited in I, I don't know to the, the time that it said I then got a text saying it's going to be delivered on um, Friday between 8.15 and 2 I was like oh, right, okay fair enough and, oh, and it said it was due to Brexit <laughs> right, okay. what? yeah okay my, my yoghurt went off in the fridge the other day I think that was Brexit's that was fault Brexit, as well yeah. anyway um, so I, I was okay. So I waited in, never turned up, 
hour after it was supposed to turn up, I got another thing saying, no, it's, it's going to be next. W-. I said, oh, for God's sake. So I phoned the music, I emailed the music shop, sorry, and um, told them what had happened. And they said, we're really, really sorry about this. Um, we'll refund you the postage. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, so they refunded the postage, and then they sent me an email um, uh, probably a few hours later saying that, yeah, it's going to be delivered on Tuesday um, at this time. And I got the refund, and it arrived on Monday. <laughs> so, oh, it was early, but they still got it wrong. <laughs> Luckily, I was in. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I haven't got anywhere to go right now. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I actually I got it for, for the 24 quid. That it originally was, and so it was, it and well. it was the right part because that was one of the worries as well that it might have turned up and been because the original one was almost there. It was just slightly the wrong yeah. shade of cream, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's important. You've got to get your cream right. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 superb. It fits perfect. It's it's marvelous, and I'm very very happy now. And that's uh, that's that, that's good. Lee, yeah. do the socials. I'm so happy. Let's end on a happy one. Well, God. there we go. You've well and truly made me want a Les Paul now. So yeah. yeah. Keep looking on eBay for you, Lee. I love spending other people's money. It's great. Just bought a bass. <laughs> I don't know about you, Phil. But every time I pick up the Les Paul, I just want to play Thin Lizzy on this thing. Then I get you. Yeah, just like um, I was playing earlier today. Was it? Tell me if you can name the riff. Cold sweat. Yeah, but it's the best bit, is it? <laughs> 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 so good, love that yeah. tune. It's uh, John S- John Sykes, isn't it? He's the one who does all the uh, all the pinch harmonics, and you get it with um, when he was in White Snake as well. Just did like he did he play on Cold Sweat? Um, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Ah. You know, you know why you want a Les Paul Lee. That's why you want a Les Paul. Right, stop it now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Okay, okay. Stop taunting me with lesbian riffs. Hang on a minute. Hang on, Lee. Let me use my G-tuner. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry. Right, socials, sorry. Are you you quite finished? (laughs) I'm done. Actually, before we jump jump to socials, I was just going to mention... uh, we haven't had a Chris's Corner page. I'll save it for another time. But um, but HX Stomp, they've got the new XL out, right? And this, yeah. right? And I gotta say that the Stomp is three nine nine, a little bit cheaper than what I paid for it. But for an extra five switches and a few tiny extra little bits, you c- uh, you can spend an extra two hundred pounds and get the XL model, which is double the size. And for me, it just seems so impractical. Like the Stomp, you can like put in your guitar case as like a backup device and. Mm. But the uh, the new XL doesn't have any more DSP, um, and like you know what, what I would that? say though with mm. that Chris is, I would say use it and see how useful those switches are because I was exactly the same frame of mind with you and and I obviously spent any time thinking about that much time thinking about it but just initially I'm just like I don't know well, it's I mean two hundred yeah and I, I know what you're saying and exactly what you're saying but if you think about I mean I've used my um, Stomp so many times live so have you. Um, yeah. And I ended up buying um, a uh, oh, what do you call it? A little, a little up and down switch, a, a two-way switch, 
uh, that plugs into the foot switch on the back of it. So I can yeah. now have it in snapshot mode or pedal mode, um, and then I could go up and down patches, which has made life so much easier. But that means I can't have a volume while pedal on there. So yeah, there's all sorts of things like that which are annoying. Whereas with this new one, it, all that is out of the equation. You know, you don't have to worry about that because you can do it all on the board now. You know, on, and and it's got two yeah. separate um, pedal inputs as well, which. You know, if you yeah, think about it, you could actually you do the guitar show with that. But but the issue but is there, Phil, is like you can go and get the Pod Go, which is for about four hundred quid, and it's got all the pedals. I know it hasn't got the DSP power, but it has obviously a bit more practicality than the Stomp, and you know, and it's in terms of functionality and stuff. Don't they make a Helix LT though? That's like exactly. That's, it's like can't be far off the price. Exactly. So now I think like the Pod Go is almost. It's almost irrelevant now because this LT is like um, ah now I was I actually I don't know if you noticed I was writing something down earlier because there was something I really wanted to say and I'm so glad Chris that you you said about this um, something that people have been out because when I used to work for Line Six people used to say why don't they do this it'd be so much better if they did and they have actually done it at last the Pod Go is now wireless. You can now use a wireless system with it. It's built in. You can get the G10 um, little transmitter bug, and it works with the pedal board. It's got built in. It's got a built-in wireless system. Fantastic! That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose it depends. Like again, what, Sorry, what I'm, you are I'm after. Thinking of black yeah. Les Pauls and yeah. <laughs> oh, Sorry, wireless isn't quite doing it. <laughs> Here we go, Lee. Oh man, uh, oh, oh yes. The sustain. Listen to the sustain. Wait, that, that was yeah. Oh, to land. Oh, also, man. this. And if you really like want to get, you can do anything on one of these. <laughs> Enough, enough. Got enough sustain on that. Too much, mate. Do the <laughs> socials. Right, if anybody out there has a lovely Les Paul custom in black or a Les Paul standard in black that they want to offer me at a ridiculous price, please don't do get, get in don't touch. Don't get a traditional or too heavy. I'll, I'll it, just send it my way. Whatever you've got, let you me have a look. Care. Let me have a look. I need to... I need to Fight back against these wallies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. sir. Okay. Uh, Social. So, yeah, if you want to get in touch, you can head over to Instagram where you can search Phil Walker Guitar, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Troy Guitar. If you go to Facebook, you can search Phil Walker Guitarist, Lee Williams Guitarist, and Chris Anthony Guitar. You can search Story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram and Facebook, or you can head to the website www.storyofguitarheroes.com. And of course, YouTube, Phil Walker Guitarist, where you can see videos from behind the scenes. Sorry, I'm just playing some like music as you do the socials on my Les Paul. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
my throat here. <coughs> oh, I've swallowed the cock. 